from grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. And this is the best beer show on the internet. Playing the eardrums. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, and I set it off air, but we're both wearing flannels. Yeah, well, you know, it's that time of year, man. We got the we got the chill in the air. Yeah, it's finally, you know, below 30 in Wisconsin. It so. is in the, th- yeah, 30s already yeah. here. Woo! And it's November 3rd. Well, I mean, it did <laughs> snow on Halloween in the state, so. Yes. Yay. Is what it is. Welcome to the Midwest. Welcome to the, you know, we record next to a cornfield, like I always Welcome say. Welcome to the tundra. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me do the ad reads here. The American Homebrewers Association does a lot to support homebrewing and now and homebrewers, and now they support us. During the AHA, we'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy. Click on the referral link, uh, Zymergy Magazine. Click on the referral link above our homepage and join today. And a big shout out to our Black Belt patron, Andy Thompson. If you'd like to be as awesome as Andy uh, and our other patrons, head over to patreon.com slash blind studios and become a patron today. Uh, and then if you're going to do any Amazon shopping, head over to blindstudios.com, click on the Amazon link about their homepage. Uh, do your Amazon shopping as normal, and uh, they give us a kickback. So it's fantastic. really helps us out. Now, Brian, what have you been up to the past week? Oh, man. Well, well, getting into the winter winter times. Are you guys doing a like a winter ale at, not uh, this year? Really, in a winter ale, but there is a, a winter seasonal or a, a seasonal for that time of year that we kind of get into a couple of them. Um, one of them might talk about on the episode before this, which if they run concurrently, then it'll make sense. But uh, the big mix coffee stout. Also, we're getting into uh, starting to brew Hudson Haze again, which people will not stop asking us for. So we're going to rebrew that. Okay. Um, um, and what episode are you guys on now? Four? Five? Four? We will be doing episode four, but it's a pale ale, and I, I don't know when that's even going to fit in. Are you guys going to call it like Twin Sons? Or? Right, we're going to call it something. <laughs> <laughs> it, it has a name. I'd have to look. I'd have to. Does it the name tie into a new hope in any way? It'll tie into Star Wars as it always does. <laughs> well, but Episode Four is a new hope, the best Star Wars. <coughs> is that that's where you're at? Mm-hmm. You see, you can also tell it's cold, Casey. Why? Because because you're sick again. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I got sick, and I won't. This cough won't go away for probably six months. So enjoy. Woo! Yeah. Well, I mean, we get that we get that old raspy Tom Waits Brian. Then. Oh God, <laughs> Papa, Papa Tom Waits Brian, use a plate. <laughs> we don't need food in the living room. Yeah. All right. Um, and me. Uh, let's see. Um, started taking some inventory of some stuff. I have some sours back there that Ooh, I kind of forgot about. Sh- I have yeah. a lambic that is over that that is now officially over two years old now. I cannot in wait the fermenter. To so I'm gonna have to keg that up real real freaking quick here. Nice. Um, and yeah, so that'll be good. Um, I have I also have one back there that's uh, that's pushing six years old. Um, so yeah, mm. we'll see. Uh, there might have to be a blending situation here. Oh, dude, almost certainly. Yep. So we'll we'll see how she goes. It'll be fun. Uh, yeah. Other than that, not a ton beer wise. It's it's gotten to the point where it's it's just a little on the chilly side to brew. 
Uh, but I will probably get out uh, in December and get a beer done here. Uh, November is kind of shot as far as beer, but definitely get out in December and get something because otherwise we're going to have some empty ferment or empty empty kegs, and we can't have that. Nay, sir. Nay, like the horses say. <laughs> hey is for horses. Also, nay. <laughs> nay, hey. Hey, nay. Uh, <laughs> damn. All right, guys. All right, quit screwing around. We hey, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm, just kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry, Papa Brian. I'm sorry. <laughs> you want me to bend over so you can give me a whooping? Yeah, well, uh, I, I'll, I'll skip the whooping since you're using a coaster under your beer. Damn right I am. We don't want no beer yeah, rings. Yeah, well... <laughs> I mean, it's, the only reason we're using coasters is because it dampens the sounds on the table. But <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> All righty. Uh, so today we're going to be uh, diving into an important aspect of fermentation, aeration. Um, we're still continuing our yeast series, and it turns out yeasts need to breathe every once in a while. They do. So we'll be talking about why and what we can do to help them facilitate that, besides outfitting each one with a little tiny scuba mask. Oh, that, that's so cute. I know, right? You could probably 3D print some. I, I don't think I could. Oh. I, they would have to be very small. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm we talking can, microns. Can 3D like, print me like a, a large example of a yeast cell, and then I can do that myself. And Actually, that would be hilarious. Yeah, that would be kind of neat. Some bud scars on it. Yeah, so, all right, fine, let's all right, jump uh, in. Yeah, so aerating for fermentation, again, our primary resource here is the yeast book, so make sure you guys check that out um, for a little bit more in-depth and just a good re- uh, refresher uh, on your own here. It's, um, yeah, I mean, it's a heavy book, but if there's stuff you don't understand, skip past it, read it again, it'll, it's, yeah. you know, it's like watching a movie a couple times, you're like, oh, I Start understanding shit. All right. So the first thing we need to remember is yeast are not strictly anaerobic. We've been talking about the anaerobic uh, process for yeast um, primarily because that's where we get our alcohol. Alcohol or alcohol or yeast doesn't start forming formant, or formulating alcohol until it's doing that anaerobic fermentation. Well, yeah. And then at, at the base level here, anaer- anaerobic means without air aerobic. I mean, think about it. It's aerobics. Yep. Like you're, you're doing aerobics. You're, you're doing cardio. It's air. So yes. All right. Um, and then we need O2 oxygen at the beginning of fermentation. Um, and that is, and, as far as brewing goes, like that's a fairly recent thing because throughout history, it is do not expose this to air. Air bad, air bad. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, oh, wait, but if we had more air at the beginning, at, cer- at certain points, then good things happen. Yeah, this is a tough one to digest when they tell you no air, no oxygen, rather, after the fact. But then they're like, hey, jam 8 to 10 PSI into this, you know, you know, pre prior to it or whatever. You yeah. Know? All right. Uh, and then um, oxygen plays an integral part of lipid synthesis for cell wall production. And we need lipids uh, because that will are lit, like we need the lipids for the cell walls. And because that's when we can start actually making more yeasties. Lipids are is is fat. Yes. Essentially. All right. Um, and there's a strong correlation between oxygen supplied to wort, um, the quantity of sterols synthesized, and fermentation performance. So they, yeah. without any one of these, um, like, so without an adequate supply of sterols, yeast will display low viability um, and poor fermentation performance. 
Yeah, and then we talked about sterile synthesis a long time ago, yep. and it's basically just the colony growth. Yeah, yeah, and we'll yeah. I don't like if you want if you want a, another deep dive in that, go back to that episode because go, yeah, go back to one of the um, some of the stuff makes my brain hurt, guys. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the need for oxygen here. Um, why well, I, I don't? Do you want you want to kind of dive into this? Yeah, a sure. Bit? So uh, when your yeasts are reproducing, they make new lipid membranes for their progeny. So they're trying to, like I said, they're trying to expand their colony. They're trying to gain their little uh, culty followers, uh, and so to do that, they need two different compounds. They need sterols and unsaturated fatty acids or UFAs. Yes, UFAs. Um, we'll get more into the use of those later. Uh, sterols can be found in the wort, uh, or the yeast can, uh, actually manufacture them. So not all the, uh, sterols, not, <laughs> all right. Not all the sterols, all the yeast sterols need, can, yeast be, need can, can be found be, in wort. Right. Not everything that they need can be found in the actual wort. So yes. what, what that leads me to believe is that we need to uh, give them something. Yes. Um, also, uh, in a perfect world, you could technically um, have all the sterols that the yeast need in the wort. But apparently, if that's true, the yeast have a harder time actually processing oxygen out of the wort. Right. Um, which I found interesting. That like it, it's kind of counterintuitive. Yeah. So if they're too fatty, they're too fatty. <laughs> now yeast is too fatty. You're too fatty. They need to get on a treadmill. You get on that treadmill, yeast. The yeast is fucking raw. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, man. Oh, wow. All righty. So uh, sterile synthesis. Woo. So yeast, uh, this is like basically yeast util- utilize uh, uh, glycogen to derive acetyl COA, which is used to create uh, squalene. Squalene? That just sounds, all, uh, it sounds made up, but yeah, squa- uh, squalene. Squalene, yeah, okay. Whatever. Well, I wasn't sure if it was squalene or squalene. But I think it's potato, potato, my friend. <laughs> well, one of those is right. Potato is right. Ah. It's a potato. <laughs> um, and then they use uh, oxygen in a series of enzymatic reactions to create the sterols that they need. There's like 20 different reactions that they do. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to list them because that yeah. seemed unnecessary. Let's, let's just suffice to say that enzymes are nature's catalyst. And if they were not around, this would happen very slowly. Very slowly. But we need oxygen to facilitate those. Yes. Um, let's talk about some UFAs. So UFAs are unsaturated fatty acids. Uh, they're needed for the lipid membranes, obviously. Um, the synthesis begins with acetyl-COA. Same as the sterile synthesis. So mm-hmm. both of these start with the same base compound. Mm-hmm. This is an, from the acetyl group, too, which we've gotten into with acetaldehyde and yep. how that works on the previous episode. Uh, the the yeast use uh, oxygen in a series of reactions to desaturate palmitic acid into palmitoleic <laughs> acid. Palmitoleic acid. Science. Indeed, science. So New Belgium experimented with adding UFAs, uh, specifically olive oil. Right. Spe- these unsaturated fatty acids. They specifically use olive oil. Uh, and added to these cultures to eliminate word aeration. Any word on if that works? Yes, so it did work. Um, if you there, there's a really interesting uh, study. Um, I think on the previous page there. 
I think it's right up, up right. Yeah, right in here. Uh, but basically, uh, what ended up happening was it worked. Um, and there was no, like, uh, to a to a panel, there was no discernible taste difference between one done normally and one without, or with the, um, with the added UFAs, which I thought was really interesting. Wow. Uh, well, yeah, and then they list uh, higher levels of esters, lower of fusels from, so lower fusels from no aeration, and we'll yep. get to that in a minute. Yeah, it was it was really fascinating. They they decided not to pursue it as um, per um, at the commercial scale, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not and it didn't really say why. I'm not it doesn't really say why, but there's this idea that you know hey, can yeast have too many sterols, and that's a no since yeast they carefully regulate their own metabolism. I mean they're they're a pretty for being a single celled eukaryotic uh, organism, they're pretty intelligent in a sense. Yeah. Too much uh, too much oxygen doesn't result in excess sterols. Instead, the yeast use the oxygen for making uh, more flavor compound. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, yeah, like, so I, I didn't realize that you could just, like, that that adding the adding the fats in would actually work. I thought that was really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it, it apparently doesn't work well enough because nobody's doing it. Right. And maybe, actually, maybe that's how we will make Beer on Mars. <laughs> Indeed. Because they know oxygen on Mars. Nope. You know, there is a lot of on Mars, though. Nitrogen and Ma- zinc. Mars rocks? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> what? We need more zinc. <laughs> M- Matt Damon? <laughs> All right. Um, so that's that's why we need oxygen. But how, how the hell do we get it into our beer? Um, and so... We're going to be talking about dissolved oxygen, or DO, is is the the common abbreviation. DO, and then on the very far back end, TPO, total packaged oxygen, two different things. So yes. DO, let's start with that. Yeah, we're gonna yeah we're gonna be talking about DO, which is the dissolved oxygen, um, and so using your proper levels of DO is just as important as getting your pitching rate ye- right for yeast. And there there's actually a like a direct correlation between the two. Like, so if you pitch more yeast, you need more DO, like because like you have to keep those levels copacetic. Um, so problems that you can get with uh, with a lack of DO, uh, stuck fermentation, long fermentation times, under attenuation, yeast stress, off flavors, all these bad things can all come from lack of proper oxygen. Yep, and one of them we talk, we've talked about in previous episodes is, uh, if, as far as off flavors go, uh, our uh, acetaldehyde, certainly. Yes. Um, so... All right. So for the average wart uh, and yeast pitching rate, you need 8 to 10 uh, ppm of DO. Uh, ppm is parts per million. Um, and this, so there, there are some numbers in here that I found interesting. So when I first started brewing, the, the, the way to get uh, to aerate your wart was to splash it around, right? Yeah. That gets you about 4, 4 ppm. Mm-hmm. So not enough. Then, like, when, when you, you're like, okay, this isn't enough, um, then you're like, well, what if I just shake the shit out of it, right? That gets you to about eight. So right, on that, right, right on that level where, where you kind of need to be, but you have to shake the shit out of it. But what is the easiest way to do this, Brian? Uh, use a oxygen stone. Damn right. <laughs> Dude, you know, <laughs> they, they used to make this, like, plastic wand that had these, like 
flippers on it and I would connect it to a with power a, drill. With a drill, yeah. yeah. I think I think that would be about like shaking. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. I I like I you know power drill. <laughs> I, I mean no because so so eight is I don't have any way of testing it. No, so yeah. uh, <laughs> according to the book, um, eight is the highest you can get without pure oxygen. Um, that's just like your standard like atmospheric content will just get you to eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then putting pure O two in will get you up. To wherever the hell you need to go. Well, uh, so the only way to wait, reach 10 ppm is with pure pure O2. Correct. Um, and the most common way is with a canister and a little wand with a diffuser stone at the end of it. Yeah, or at the brewery, we've got a circular inline attachment uh, that has a stone in it and a little sight glass, so you can kind of see the bubbles working. And then Ooh. we use like this big tank of of oxygen. And there are many notes hung around. Do not smoke near, near the thing. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> no, not that. Like, don't remember to shut off the oxygen because they're going to end up disconnecting that process hose and it's just going to escape into the, you know. Into the air? Yeah, we've definitely lost an entire tank of oxygen before, so. Oh, I mean, there's worse things to lose. Ah, uh, yes. Like, I mean, at least it's not. Like shooting know. 10, 15 gallons of caustic into a freshly oh, no. transferred batch. That happened? Into the, yeah. The, our, our brewer, Chad, uh, never, never, ever makes mistakes. In two years, in two years, he's never had to dump a batch. And then a couple of days ago, I came into the brewery after some offsite meetings, and I was like, where's Chad? And they said, well, he's sulking next door. And I went over, and he... He had accidentally some caustic left in a tank that he was it processed CIPing and turned the wrong valve and shot it into the wort in the kettle. Oh no! So we had to dump fifteen barrels of uh, of wort. Wort. Okay. Well, I mean, so, right. So there's now that no hops were added. Yeah. Not not as bad as it could have been. It could have been finished it beer. Could have been way worse. Could have been like forty dollar a pound fucking galaxy hops. Yeah. So anyway. Whew. I just patted him on the back and was like Happens. I just said I've I've had worse. Love love you. Like shit happens. Right. You gotta dump sometimes, you gotta dump, you know? So yeah. Good <laughs> good times at the old brewery. But. Just boil the caustic out, it'll be fine. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. So in any case, uh too much where are we at number seven there, too much oxygen is rarely a problem. But yeah, but it can result in high levels of fusel alcohols. Uh, def- definitely very noticeable. Fusel alcohols are one of the things that really pop out for me. Uh, increases acetaldehyde, which is another thing we talked about in the previous episode, uh, and then other flavor issues, which just various flavor, various things. flavory things, things things you don't know. It depend. It's a lot of that is like strain dependent. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. All right, so let's talk about testing for dissolved oxygen. Not really something you can do at the homebrew level. Not at all, because with the the machine that we do it with uh, at the brewery, it's called a Beverly. It's made by the uh, like a company called Hamilton, I believe, and it was extremely expensive. Um, and we we can check DO levels on fermenters, bright tanks. Uh, we can pierce cans and check the dissolved oxygen immediately. Um, but once we 
get to the point where we're piercing cans, we're testing something called total packaged oxygen instead of dissolved oxygen. So that's oxygen left over on the on the packaging side? Mm-hmm, on the packaging side. So, But on the brew side, uh, there's not, there just isn't a good way to test um, for DOs um, unless you have a really expensive thing. Um, and so then, when you, when you, so I'm guessing you guys test, um, do you guys test in line or do you wait until it's all in the, in we the wait, tank? We and, wait until it's in the tank. Okay. And then do you have a way of adding more O2 if you need to in the tank? The only recycle? reason to, we, we actually are like, we've got a, a process down for putting the proper amount in okay. and based on our the fermentation and efficiency in our numbers, we know that we're adding the proper amount of oxygen. Uh, but it's always good to test to just to see if there's any error in process. Um, but to then, find issues in your system. Correct. Uh, and then for us, it's more checking on the back end. And the older the beer gets, the lower the DO number is going to be or TPO number is going to be. And why is that? Because the that dissolved oxygen has changed into a new chemical it's no longer O2. So your sensor is searching for oxygen. And you're going to start to get cardboardy flavors. Transdunoranol is what you're going to start getting, but your machine doesn't pick that up. So yeah. the machine will read anything over like 10 you know, ppm. Um, and once you start getting you know, lower than like 15 or 10, it won't read it just because it doesn't, doesn't really matter. Um, but, uh, yeah, when you start getting into like the hundreds, then you've got you've some got issues. a problem. You have an oxidation yeah. issue somewhere. You, you've got to start thinking about what your, what your process is going to be. And then there, there, you know, besides the Beverly, there's a uh, Anton Parr, uh, there's a couple other companies, but I mean, these, these pieces of equipment are wildly expensive. Um, yeah. So even, even for small craft breweries. So. Well, yeah, a lot of them, like, I mean, the amount of small craft breweries with actual labs isn't nearly as high as you'd think it is. Yep, exactly. Because you not only need need the expensive equipment, you also need to have somebody who knows how to use the expensive equipment. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> well, it's in it wrong. All righty. Um, so, but luckily for us, White Labs did a bunch of legwork for us because... They're in the they're in the business of trying to make, you know, like they the more homebrewers they are there are, the more they make money. So if right. people are can make decent beer. Um so they did uh a an experiment with a 0.5 micron uh sinstered stone uh pushing oxygen at a liter a minute. Um to try to figure out in a standard like I think they did like five point three gallons or mm-hmm. something how long you need to let that run in order to hit your about 10 ppm. Turns out about 60 seconds. Okay. Um, so That's if, awesome. I'm glad that someone did that. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know about that because <laughs> I haven't homebrewed in a very long time. Yep. Uh, yeah, so basically just put your stick in there, uh, crank your oxygen on for about 60 seconds, and you should be okay. Uh, it'll at least get you in the right ballpark. Yeah. Um, and that's And that's, I mean, and if... And if you find that you're lagging, like maybe you need to switch it up, maybe go a little bit longer. Yep. Or if you find out that you're getting just a ton of these um, like over oxygen problems, like too much in acetylallylide fusels, go less. This this is another one of those things where it depends on what you want to do with this hobby. Um, if you are dead serious on making the best possible beer, yeah, get into this. 
get it done. Well, and it's take it's, notes, make measurements. Yeah. If you're just trying to make something drinkable, uh, shake that shit, man. Just I, well, here's the minute. here's the thing, like. The stick, it's not that expensive. It's really not inexpensive, it's, it's, actually. It's very inexpensive. It's I think it's like 40 bucks. I would also and say you can get the You can get the, the disposable, recyclable canisters yeah. of oxygen for, what, five bucks a piece or something From like a that? competition standpoint, if you're trying to, you know, run... run and some BJCP comps, then yeah, I mean, like this is this is a game changer. So. Yeah, it's I mean, it's it's a very simple upgrade mm-hmm. that will help your beer tremendously. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason to do it. You're already you're already doing starters, I'm guessing. So yeah. if you're already doing starters, why not add this in there too, yep. just to up that up that east side, up your game, if you want. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, and again, like you're not, it's not going to change, it's not going to take your beer from good to exceptional overnight. Yeah, I'm a, I actually finally signed up for another uh, beer judging thing. The Nordiest Home Brewer oh, yeah? Alliance is having their yearly, uh, and I'm very excited. So I should level up to... Uh, da, from, da, da, yeah, da, no, da. I'm definitely going to level up from, I would assume, cert, uh, recognized to certified. Sweet. So, which is kind of a good... But then I don't have to recognize no more. <laughs> I, just, I mean, I, I was I went dormant for two years. I didn't do any beer judging for almost two years, which is yeah. So, but um, and you're you're going in as a BJCP judge, not as a brewer, right? Well, those, those are two different levels, aren't they? You you mark down all of those things, and then if if you've had sensory training, which I've had extensive sensory training, and you you tell them all the things, and then when you register, they'll say. You know, they'll ask, you know, which which sections do you prefer not to do? And I like immediately I'm like sours and mead <laughs> <laughs> or cider because mead fucks me up too quick. And sours, I can't I just can't appreciate them. I not your palate. I can I can judge them based on, you know what I mean? And largely this BJCP judging isn't I like it or I don't like it, uh, which is liking the beer helps it, it does help but it's 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 not it's not what it like it's more of a it's more understanding the style yeah so. oh yeah yeah but liking the style really helps especially if you have to try 10 15 of them well i mean think about it like this if you if your hobby is building model cars like you build it in a certain style that people are going to judge it and give you a ribbon or mm-hmm. a medal you know i mean you're you're playing to the Certain style. Yeah. So, I mean, BJCP isn't for, oh, I made a, a hazy beer that I put nutmeg and, and you know, bits of real panther. Now judge it against, you know, section 23A or whatever. Where did you get the bits of real panther? I think we need to have a talk. Oh, should I not FDA? say that? Kind of crap. <laughs> oh. I thought you were going to gripe about, like, the not singing a popular song on... <laughs> On the air or whatever. What? Oh, I mean, if you want to, if you just want to like sing into like some Steel Panther, that's great. No, like, <laughs> not today. <laughs> maybe maybe in about forty five minutes. Forty five minutes on Doo. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see where the rubber meets the road. All right. Uh, well, I I think I think we did like. I think we've kind of covered aeration. Yeah, and as always, peeps, if we got something wrong, if we missed something, or if you need, if you want more information or clarification yeah, on something, send us a message. Yes, and you know where to do that. 
Uh, I got I can't tell you without bed music. Though. Blind ninjas. Dot com. Yeah. Blindninjas.com? Is that what you said? Do you even know where you are right now? It's yes. on the wall. <laughs> There's a QR code on the wall. Wow. <laughs> well, I know we're in River Fall, beautiful River, River Falls, Wisconsin. So. River City Falls, Wisconsin. Yeah, River City Ransom. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. If you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindersnews.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com. So, you can follow us on Twitter at blindersquare ninja. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace. <laughs>